Let me look into the camera. Hello at everybody watching from home. Come on, let's give them a warm welcome. Those who chose to stay where it's cooler. So I've got good news and I've got good news for you today. And a bit of bad news. <laughs> the good news is we're going to try and finish the service within an hour because at 10 o'clock it's load shedding. So we're really going to try and finish it within an hour. It's no use for us to start up the generator because it won't be able to pull the air cons. The bad news is we're going to try. It's, it's just one person we need to get in line in this whole equation. I won't mention any names. Okay. How's everybody doing? Everybody doing well? So good to see all of you. I want to dive right in. You know, this week I had a privilege of spending a day with Pastor Don Phillips again in Umtata. Still recovering from that. Um, it's a long flight. <laughs> and... Um, I must say, you know, I am more and more astonished to see what God is doing through that ministry in Umtata, people. It is, it is, uh, I, I don't have words to describe it, but during our conversation, he said something that stuck with me. When we pray, we don't play. And that's the title of my message this morning. When we pray, we don't play. Amen. Uh, I loved it. Uh, just the influence they've got on, on government and, and um, how the Eastern Cape is changed because of the presence of a church there. And I must say, it is a church that prays. And what really, really inspired me is, is the prayer. So I was there the last time, uh, 2019, and now again, and last year, Pastor Ger and I were there very quickly. But just in a space of 18 months, to see how they've grown in influence and in stature as a congregation, um, the changes they're making in their community is really, really an inspiration. And we are truly blessed to have Pastor Don and Nomsa as apostolic elders of this church. So good things are coming. Amen. So, um, and, and on my flight there, funny enough, God spoke to me. I'm like, God, what do you want to say? You know, because you're in the sky, you're closer to God. No, no, I'm just teasing. Um, <laughs> I pray every time <laughs> in a plane. I still don't trust them. Um, so, <laughs> so I was praying, I'm like, God, what do you want to say to your people? And God said to me clearly, even on my way to the airport at 3.30 in the morning, um, <laughs> God said, well, I want you to speak about prayer. Speak to the congregation about prayer. You know, because we need to pray into existence what God wants to do in us and for us as a ministry in this coming year. And let me tell you right now, you don't want to miss Vision Sunday in January. I know it's still November, but you don't want to miss. I'm, I'm, I'm brimming over. It is just God just keeps, keeps giving me more and more and more. So I am so excited for 2024. Let me tell you, it's going to... It's going to be a year that's going to change our country like 94 did. Um, there's stuff coming. I'm telling you, we, we need to get ready, church. You hear what I'm saying? We need to get ready. Amen? Um, and it seems like the church has got prayer in its vocabulary, but we don't make a big deal out of prayer. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because if, if most pastors announce that, guess what, church? I'm doing a series on prayer. Nobody's going to show up, you know? <laughs> 
And if we call a prayer meeting, if there's no food, nobody shows up. You know, just saying. Yet prayer is one of the most frequent commands to us as New Testament believers. You were so uncomfortable there, weren't you? Yes, but it's true, isn't it? If I say prayer, what comes to mind? What image do you have of prayer? Before I knew Jesus, prayer sounded like a last resort for desperate people. Something you do in a car accident, you know, <laughs> or, or if you fall off your bike. Like a last minute ticket to hopefully make it into heaven. And then after I got saved, you know, the stories piled in of prayer warriors who pray, prayed for hours. That was the other side of the spectrum. And in Bible school, we heard about the desert fathers who prayed so much that people will see fire on their hands as they are praying, you know. And you hear stories like that and immediately it's either guilt or condemnation. One of the two. When, and, and that's what we start to associate with prayer. Like, well, I don't pray enough, you know, or I'm not praying hard enough. But I want to say this, prayer is not a competition. Prayer is not a competition, but prayer is work. It is work. Prayer will take dedication. And is that such a bad thing? <coughs> is dedication such a bad thing? Because in other areas, we celebrate dedication. We all like the motiva motivational videos of the athletes who get up early in the morning. And they train while we are sleeping. Come on, you know. We admire their dedication, you know, of the athlete to train the whole season and they won the race. We, we love the dedication of the Springboks. Get some water, please. Honey. You know, we, we, we love dedication. Thank you so much. Isn't she pretty? Hmm? Isn't she lovely? The Bible says, those who give water to the prophet, you know. They will share in the prophet's reward just saying so. <laughs> if you think it's hot down there you must fill up yeah so um, we love dedication just not when it comes to prayer come on so here's something that will help you understand prayer better just quickly number one you and i cannot live without prayer as Christians, we cannot live without prayer. Prayer means that I never have to say there's nothing I can do, Ronald Dunn says. Remember those wristbands Pastor Paul Prater preached about them, WWJD? What would Jesus do? You know, the question is not what would Jesus do, it is what Jesus has done. And you and I can do what Jesus did. Pray. Matthew 6. Jesus speaking, he says, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you've shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Now here's interest, something interesting. Jesus never said, if you pray. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. He said, when you pray, not if you pray. 
It's not, it's not if you breathe, you should. No, it's when you breathe, right? Jesus knew we cannot exist without prayer. And here's the thing, the Christian is never helpless. We are never victims. Come on, church. The devil wants you to think that prayer is weak. That last thing you should do, right? It is for weaklings who are helpless and powerless and, you know, they sport weird haircuts and they dress funny. There's always that one auntie in the church, not this church, other churches, that scares the teenagers, right? If she starts praying. No. Paul writes in the book of Ephesians, you all know I'm thinking of someone, aren't you? No, okay. So, he writes in the book of Ephesians, he says, prayer is a weapon. Ephesians 6, 17 to 18 says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Verse 18, praying on Fridays. No, no, no. He says praying always. Juan knows his Bible. You can trust him. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Praying when always. How do you pray always? Well, first of all, we need to establish that prayer is spiritual. Prayer is spiritual. What does that mean? It means, family, get this. Prayer is not limited by time. Prayer is not limited by geography. Prayer is not limited by natural elements. Come on, prayer is a superpower. How many of you like gamers? How many gamers do we have in the church? You can raise your hand, it's okay. Like you guys will know, you will know if you play God of War, there's certain, there's certain weapons that you can get that's more powerful than others. Right? You collect them as you go along. Some of you are like, oh, he's talking about gaming in the church, New Sisma. But I'm trying to help people understand. It's, prayer is the ultimate weapon. It is a superpower. Amen? I'm trying to sound intelligent because I'm not a gamer, but my kids love it. Okay? So I'm just listening to them. Prayer is like a missile that can be fired towards any spot on earth, travel undetected, and it hits its target every time. That is prayer. You can be on the other side of the planet. When, when you pray, it will have results. Amen. Like if you've got loved ones overseas, and, and any parent know, grown parents, some of your, your kids are overseas, and it's hard for you, but you can still pray for them. Amen. Here's the second thing. Prayer changes the future. If, you, if you're uncertain about next year, pray. Because prayer changes. You can change your future today. Think about that. You have the power now to change your tomorrow. Now, if you, if you, if you go on all the motivational videos and stuff that you see on social media, now you have to work harder and you have to train harder. And, and yes, that will have an effect, but nothing will change your future like prayer. Amen. I was in Pekin Bay yesterday and I took the chocolates and I looked at them and I'm like, this is the reason I don't have a six pack. Okay. I'm happy with that. Okay. So, so, but my tomorrow is not determined by what I'm going to eat. It's not determined by what I'm going to read. It's not determined by any of those things because I can do those things, but it can have no effect. 
But prayer will change my tomorrow. Prayer will change the tomorrow of my children. Amen. Your prayer can, is, is, is what will alter your future. You can pray prayers that change the destiny of your children, your grandchildren. So stop worrying about tomorrow and pray about tomorrow. Your prayer will reach in tomorrow and change things. Your prayer can change the outcome of a board meeting that you're not even sitting on. Your prayer can, can swing a contract in your favor. Don't ever think that prayer is weak. The enemy has destruction in mind for South Africa, but he didn't count on us praying. I'm calling our church now to start praying for the elections next year. And here's the thing, we're not going to wait for the elections to make decisions. We're going to make decisions based on what comes out of that prayer. About what the Holy Spirit tells us to do. I'm not waiting for a politician to determine my future. And I can tell you now, we can pray people in office or out of office. So stop complaining about load shedding. Stop complaining about all those things and start praying. Every time you feel tempted to complain, open up your mouth and pray. Lord, I speak life over South Africa. I thank you, Lord, that the right people. Amen. He's preaching with me. I told you there's an anointing on a kid. You know, <laughs> Lord Jesus, I call the right people into office. Lord Jesus, we pray that you will expose corruption even more. Amen. Family, it's time for us to stand up in prayer. The banks are going to stop stealing from us. It's atrocious what's happening in South Africa at the moment. But I can tell you what, COVID has lulled the church. We've become a dull church. We have. We're still riding that excuse train of COVID. We're not praying. When we pray, we don't play. Maybe we've played too much when we prayed. Come on now. Don't go quiet on me now. Here's my, my last point before my 17 other points. Um, Satan, it's just a joke, don't worry. <laughs> Satan has no defense against prayer. Oh, come on, you didn't hear that one. Satan has got no defense against prayer. Amen? When you and I get heartburn or heart, headache or sore muscles, we can drink a pill. Satan has no anti-prayer pill. Say, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Just turn your palms towards heaven. Even at home, just turn your palms. It's just such an anointing that just settle down upon this pulpit right now. I come against the spirit of depression that's been plaguing people in the service. For those watching at home, the spirit of depression has plagued you. And right now, I come against that spirit. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I bind your works in Jesus' name. You've been so depressed that you, you, you cannot look to tomorrow. You've become so depressed and so, it's a heaviness of a cloud that is sitting as more than one person. And I pray for that right now. And there's the anointing for that thing to break over your life and lift. In the name of Jesus.
in the name of Jesus. God is calling on you to pray. To pray. Even if it's short little prayers. If you don't know what to pray, begin with thanksgiving. Say, thank you, Lord, I'm alive. Thank you, Lord Jesus, I'm here. Thank you, Lord Jesus, I'm still breathing. Thank you, Lord, I still have food in the home. Thank you, Lord Jesus, I've got people that love me. The prayer of thanksgiving will break the neck of depression in your life. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Let's continue. Satan has got no anti-prayer pill. Ephesians 6, 18 in the Amplified Bible says, Pray at all times, on every occasion, and in every season. So if it's a season of hardship, you pray. If it's a season of joy and abundance, you pray. Amen? In the Spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty. I'm not even touching on the prayer of tongues. But if you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'm going to pray for you afterwards and you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Even you watching at home, it will come for you. It's one of the most powerful, powerful gifts, but that's not the focus of my, of my message today. But he says, prayer with all manner of prayer and entreaty. We'll look at that in a moment. To that end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding on behalf of all the saints. Why perseverance? Have you ever noticed that when you want to pray, how other things just come along? How distractions just come along? Or if you start praying and it feels like all hell is breaking loose in your life. Oh, let me rather not pray, then the devil will leave me alone. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not going to leave you alone. Amen? We need perseverance. So that wayward child, that unbelieving spouse, that unsaved colleague, that pestering demonic spirit, that curse that was put against you, those symptoms of sickness, those plaguing circumstances, all these things have no defense against prayer. Prayer is your silver bullet. Amen? Can you see why the devil is so afraid of prayer? Come on. Wow, Norman, that sounds amazing, but my prayers are hitting a ceiling. Maybe this works for you, but I just don't seem to get what I pray for. Family, let me tell you, that's the enemy's, that is his MO. That's his strategy. In the season that we're in now, I've never seen a spirit of discouragement as I have in this season. Like he's just trying to discourage people the whole time. He wants... He wants you to be weighed down with this heaviness. Trying to discuss. Isn't that true? Come on. Amen. Can I tell you what contributes to that? Too much time on your phone. Too much time on social media. I'm guilty of the same thing. Because you're seeing everything that's happening all over the world. So there's riots in Dublin. What's that got to do with you? There's nothing, unless you've got family there and you can pray for them. I don't know why South Africans are going to Ireland in any case. But, you know, can't understand a word that people are saying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you new. You're telling me what now? New. Do you have a cat at home? New. <laughs> you know, it's like, 
What, what has that got to do with us? With all due respect. It's just too much information. And too much information is going to weigh you down. Just a practical thing, you know? I remember as a child, we had this uh, corner shop, supermarket, close to our home. When they said it was fat cake and curry, it was. Just saying, I don't know why I'm telling this to you now, but <laughs> that's the first thing I remember if I see that shop. But I remember as a child, that corner shop was very close to our home. And not a day went by that my sister or I didn't go there at least twice. You know, and usually it was for my parents and they will send us there to get bread and milk. Um, and sometimes, sometimes my parents were nice enough to give me a two rand, not coin, a note. How many of you remember Wim Jan van Riebeek on that note? I was so glad when I saw his ugly hair. He made me glad and not sad. Amen. Because a two rand could, it was a note, young people, I promise you. It was a note. It wasn't a coin was a note and you could do stuff with it but how many of you've ever gotten money and the money burns you just be honest <laughs> some of you've already spent your christmas bonus i know you can spend it it's fine just dive on it amen it's god's blessing on your life you've already spent it you don't even have it yet but you've spent it because money burns us sometimes but it's this conflicting relationship because you, some, you, know, you, you, you want it, but you also don't want to spend it, but you want to spend it. And that was me sometimes with my two rands. So I'll just walk in there like, what can I buy? Sometimes you just want to see what can I afford or what can I not afford, <laughs> right? And then I would just walk aimlessly. And the, and the, the, owners of, the owner, his name was Costa, and he would just eye me. Like, what is this boy doing here? Is he going to steal something? Is he not going to steal something? <laughs> you know, he got very suspicious. But that's how many of us are with prayer. We just walk aimlessly. Don't know what we want. Right? We're walking through the aisles of the shop. You are praying, but you don't know what to pray. And this is where we have to get very practical. How many of you know that not all prayer is the same? Scripture talks about intercession. It talks about prayer that is worship. And then there's the prayer of petition. There's the prayer of unity that we see in Acts 2. And all these prayers have different purposes. And if we don't understand what they are, we might get confused and frustrated. But I want us to start looking at one of the biggest reasons why Christians are afraid of prayer. And that is when they, they feel... Like our prayers are not being answered. What is it worth praying? So this morning I want to say to you, you're going to start praying and you're going to get what you pray for. Amen? Be careful what you pray for because you're going to get it. Amen? So are you ready? Just quickly, I, don't, I can't go through everything due to time. The first thing is, decide what you want from God. You might go, duh, that's obvious, Norman. It sounds obvious, but you know how many times... Our prayers aren't answered because we are doubting. Was that really you, God? Is that really your will for me? Watch James 1. James 1 verse 6. But let him ask in faith. 
with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not, net, for let not that man, I almost sp spoke in Afrikaans now. Let not that man suppose that, that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man or woman, unstable in all their ways. Whoa, that's a scary one. Decisiveness is so important when it comes to answered prayer. If you don't know what you are praying for, how will you know when you get it? <laughs> Amen? People think I have to pray for hours. I have to pray harder. It would be better to pray for two or three minutes with decisiveness than to pray hours aimlessly. Come on. Listen, if my wife comes to me and asks me, honey, what do you want for your birthday? And I'm not specific. I can't be angry with her if she gives me socks and underwear. You get what I'm saying? When we, if we're not specific, James says, doubt sets in. When doubt sets in, something else happens. Instability follows, like a wave. And when instability sets in, verse 7 says, unanswered prayer is the result did you guys get that so here's what i want to close with do you believe god is a big god come on now do you honestly believe god is a big god then why don't you ask big family i'm telling you there's a restoration coming and god is restoring wealth and wholeness to the church we're in a season, I'm telling you now, and this is, this is part of, we're in a season. We're entering into a season. And it's a season of 10 years, I'm telling you. And if, we, if we're not going to ask big, we're not going to get big. So Pastor Don told me this funny story. He says, so his grandchildren are phoning their grandmother, Pastor Nomsa. And he's sitting next to her and he can hear over the phone. He says, I'm coming to visit. What must I bring you? And he hear oh, the phone. The kids go, I know, like a packet of chips or something. And he said he wanted to grab the phone. He says, hey, I can see granny's wallet. I can see what's in there. She's ready to buy you anything you want. And you're asking for chips. Something you can get at the shop at home. And that's when what we do many times. God says, come to me, ask big, and we're asking for knickknacks. Come on now. We serve a big God and we're going into a season where you have to ask big. Come on now. Ask big. You serve a big God. You cannot stay where you are right now. And I'm not talking about stuff that's silly, that's unbiblical. We all know that. We've established that. But God says, ask me big. Some of you want to sell stuff. No, maybe you should keep what you have because you think you can't afford it. Now is not the season to sell stuff. I don't know what I'm saying. Now is not the season to sell stuff. Now is the season to keep and expand. Amen. God is not a pawn shop broker. That's not why He's called you. Some of you are earning hundreds of thousands. God says, I want you to trust me for hundreds of millions. 
Some of you want to close your business. You've been contemplating, is it worth it? Is it? Now's the time to expand your business. We are entering into a season where God is going to place His church to be restored to wealth. Listen to what I'm saying. He's going to restore you to wealth. Not for you to go and buy Bentleys and stuff. For you, family, to be a kingdom financier. Because I'm telling you, in a season, oh my goodness, I don't know how I'm going to wait until, until January. Stop asking God for knickknacks. Start trusting God for big things. You serve a big God. God doesn't want you to stay a clerk your whole life. Come on now. He doesn't want you to stay in a position where you are now. He wants you to expand. He wants you to grow. You're His child. He loves you. He cares for you. Family, call, God is call, calling our church to pray. He's calling us to pray. He's ready to pour out blessings on His church like never before. But we're going to pray it in. Amen. So don't think if you go on holiday, you stop praying. That's actually the time where God... Do you know most miracles that Jesus did was on the Sabbath? It's when people were resting. So I want to say to you, as you're getting ready to wind down over December, and that's fine, you need your rest because you're going to need it next year. I promise you. <laughs> Amen. I want to say this to you. Listen. Because He's going to speak to you. He's going to show you things to come. While you're resting, while you're on holiday, He's going to give you ideas. Don't discard those ideas. Oh, it's just silly. I'm just because I'm in a good mood. <laughs> no, He's going to speak to you. He's going to show you. He's going to prepare you. It's amazing how my, God is already preparing my wife for what God is going to do next year. She doesn't know everything. I haven't even told her everything. She comes to me like, I feel God says we need to do this. We need to get this ready. We need to get that ready. And I'm hearing what God is busy with. And I'm just laughing because I know what God has shown me. <laughs> Amen. So during this time, as you're becoming more quiet, watch God is going to supernaturally speak to you. He's going to give you business ideas. He's going to show you, make this adjustment, make that adjustment. Don't go and write it down. Go and write it down. Even in my sleep, God is busy showing me. I've never had visions. God is giving me supernatural visions that I'm not at liberty to share yet, but I will share it soon. Where He showed me this church. Supernaturally, I've never seen stuff that I've seen at this moment. Family, get ready. I'm telling you, there's an anointing for great things. Young people, get ready. God is busy. He's going to do stuff in your life that you've never thought possible. We are in a season of tremendous blessing. Don't listen to the world. For God said, my glory will be risen upon you. His glory is busy rising in His church. The season is now. The time is now. The time we've heard for decades and years is now. This is the Benjamin generation. This is the last generation before the rapture. And I'm telling you, we will see double of what God is going to pour out. Our forefathers didn't even see what we're going to see now. I'm telling you now, we're going to build a church, the biggest church we've ever built. Because God said, and every time I'm like, God, how much? He says, you're thinking too small. You're thinking too small. Why? Because there's a revival coming. 
there is an outpouring. We're going to see souls coming to this church like unlike anything we've ever dreamed of. Get ready. We're going to see revival in our schools. We're going to see children praise God in our schools. We're going to see politicians praise God publicly over international TV. God is going to fill our, our, our government with spirit-filled believers. He's going to promote the faithful ones. He's going to take out the corrupt ones. I'm telling you, we're going into a season of abundance like never before. And it might sound culture counter to what, is, what we are seeing at the moment. But as I'm, I'm living with this in my heart, I'm sitting with Pastor Don, he starts speaking, speaking. The more he speaks, I'm like, this is what God has shown me. By the word of two or three witnesses, a thing will be established. So I'm telling you now, great things are coming. Prepare for it. Amen. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for great abundance. My friend, you're watching at home. Maybe you are sitting here. You don't know Jesus. I want to give you the opportunity to make Jesus your Lord and Savior right now. If you should die within the next 24 hours, where are you going to? Heaven or hell? My friend, in your heart, you know I'm talking to you. So right now, if you want to go to heaven, you say, Pastor, how do I do it? It's a simple prayer. Simple. It's not difficult to come to Jesus. You don't have to jump through seven hoops. You don't have to dress differently, talk differently, wear a different hairstyle. No, my friend, you just come to Jesus. And right now, you're feeling Him knocking at the heart of your door. If that is you, pray this. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on a cross for me. Right now, I receive your perfect sacrifice. Lord Jesus, I receive the free gifts of grace and righteousness in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that I can call you Father. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer, grab one of us, please. Send us a message and we'll get this to you. Amen. 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 So now it's time for the offering. I've given the rest of the team a lucrative five minutes, four minutes. You know, so <laughs> let's see if we can do it. Pastor, Pastor Kubis, you're doing the offering. Let's give him a hand. Didn't he preach such a beautiful message last week? Truly blessed by him. Thank you, Pastor Norman. Amen. I just want to pick up on one of the scriptures that I ministered on last week, and it's in Galatians chapter 6, from verse 6 to 10. It says, Let him who is taught in the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever man sows, he will also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will also of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are the household of faith. Pastor Norma has been ministering this morning on vision, on what's to come in the future.
I want to encourage you, do not lose heart. As I said last week, do not lose heart. But this morning, we are here to receive the offering. We're not going to lose heart in sowing seed. Because the thing is, if you don't sow seed, you're not going to get a harvest. And this morning, we have got an opportunity to sow a seed through our tithes and offerings. And the Bible says, whatever you sow, you will reap. And I want to encourage you this morning. Let's honor the Lord with what, what He has given us. So let's just bow our heads this morning. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this opportunity that we do have, Father, to sow into your kingdom. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we can bring in our tithes and offerings, Father, into this storehouse so they may be food in this house. Father, we thank you, Lord, that whatever we sow, we're going to reap, Father. And we thank you, Lord, that you'll continue to supply our needs, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we receive the offering this morning, there are other ways also as you can give. You can give cash this morning or as you leave this morning, you can. there's information at the information desk where they either can do snap scan or the credit card facilities or direct deposits. So by doing that, so I just want to encourage you, do not lose heart in doing good this morning. Amen.